Good afternoon and evening. This is Deep Dive, our first podcast. I'm Yosef Singal. I'll be one of the interviewers. My, my name is Diosolina. I'll be one of the interviewers as well. My name is Marina, and I am also an interviewer. Uh, my name is Zach, and I will be head of tech and editing the podcast. My name is Mime, and I'm just here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm Mr. Smith, or Lucas Smith, um, one of the interviewees. I'm Aaron Quigley, your transgender representative extraordinaire as an interviewee. <laughs> All right. Um, today, for our first podcast, we're going to be focusing more on the LGBTQ+, and just learning more about it and how to get more involved with it. Uh, my first question for y'all is, what does it mean for you guys to be part of the LGBT community? Like, what what has it done for you? What has what have you learned from it? Like, anything that you could share with us, Ms. Quigley? Uh, well, frankly, I I think I've been involved in it since uh, really since about my birth. Uh, I grew up with a family friend who was uh, who was gay, and my mom was relatively accepting. Uh, because of that experience that she had being around uh, LGBT individuals. Uh, however, it wasn't until t- uh, 2018 that I made the transition, uh, began the legal process anyway. Uh, prior to that, it was many years of therapy to figure out exactly where I fell, if I was genderqueer, queer, uh, just confused or trans or anything of that nature. So so it, it was definitely a process, and being surrounded by other LGBT individuals within the service, the military, the army, uh, really helped to gather their experience and really figure out my own. Um, so I, I guess it would really come down to camaraderie and, and family is, is what we all focus or tie back to. Okay. And Mr. Smith, can you talk about your experiences? I identify as the G in LGBTQ. Um, I grew up in Tennessee, so kind of a southern pretty southern state. Um, There was maybe one openly gay kid in high school and too open for me to like have like a friendship with. Um, So I was kind of pretty alone throughout most of my life in terms of um, just life in general. Um, I didn't actually really come out until 21 to my parents or anyone in my family just because of that overthinking of like oh if they don't accept me then what am I going to do after that or like whatnot so I made sure that I was independent enough to be able if something negative were to happen I would be able to still be okay um so for me being part of the LGBTQ community is kind of a lonely one um it's only now more recently where I've been really pushing out and like trying to you know live life so yeah to follow up on that you said it was kind of lonely when like when was a specific time or a certain event that kind of just told you to just push out and live life it would be me coming out to my parents really because my mom i knew she would be the most accepting person throughout my whole life um as anyone in my life um and it just at that point was like okay we're we're okay we can start trying to do things that we haven't done before and just go from there when you came out miss quigley were there people who were supportive and those who weren't supportive how did you handle that kind of 
challenge or that obstacle? I gotta tell you, that was the roughest time of my life. Was when when I came when I, when I came out. Now there was basically several phases. Uh, I was a high school dropout, and that was primarily driven by my so-called high school sweetheart, mm-hmm. uh, letting the world know back in 1995 when uh, it wasn't really acceptable to be LGBT, especially the T part, um, that I was trans. And uh, so that was fun. So that forced me to drop out, which led to a spiraling of depression. And then when I was towards the end of my marriage in 2008, 2009, uh, my wife decided to call the Department of Defense IG and (laughs) turn called line commander and said that I was trans. So that led to an immediate uh, conversation. Um, and I knew that they knew when my commander told me that uh, not to let the wind blow up my skirt in so many words. And uh, so at that point, I knew my marriage was over, my military career was over. So when I, when I left my last post upon my divorce, I went to Germany, I faced a, a severe uh, suicide uh, attempt. I um, had tied all the my bunk bed sheets together, and I had a plan of uh, exaggerating myself and jumping out my second story window while hanging myself over the weekend, uh, my second day arriving in Germany. And something overcame me, and I ended up calling my mom basically to tell her goodbye. And I just spilled the beans and told her everything. Everything. And uh, that Monday, I, uh, I went and saw therapeutic services on an emergency visit and really got awesome therapy all the way through until I deployed to Afghanistan. And then in Afghanistan, I was the therapist for nine months. And ironically, uh, of those nine months, I met nine different individuals who identified somewhere on the spectrum of LGBT plus. And uh, that really gave me the courage. If they could come out in the middle of a war zone, I could do the same thing. And then after that, um, I got more therapy and then I came came here to work and um, I built up the courage to the support of my students. And then uh, Lady Gaga plays every day in my head. I'm born this way, baby. So it is a lonely world, but you can get through it, but it takes a hell of a lot of support. Thank you for your openness. Now, um, do you regret that, the choices that you have made? Like, even though it was very hard, do you like ever just say, I wish I didn't do that? Or has there been times where you're like, it would have been so much easier? Yes and no. Um, I regret coming out in my late 30s okay. because I'm, I'm 44 now and you know, it's, it's been approximately four years, so my 39, 40. I regret waiting that long. However, I had to make sure that I was safe. I had to make sure that I had the resources to take care of myself. I had to make sure that I still had a job because that was the scariest thing for me as Arizona has no protections for trans people. And I had to ensure that I wouldn't be fired strictly because I'm trans. Um, but once I, I talked to Mr. Alonzo, our previous principal and straight up told him, uh, he was very supportive and that, that really secured the deal for me of, all right, let's do it. We're, we're going hundred percent. And then in June, the next month after school was out, I, committed. I pulled the trigger and, and legally changed my name, talked to my doc and got my gender marker changed. And uh, I, I just wish I would have done it sooner. So I applaud 
all of the students that are in my LGBT club, and the, even the ones that aren't, that aren't, that walk around every single day and they're proud to be who they are, I, I, I'm so proud of them because I wish I had the courage that they have today that I had back, that I, I wish I had back then. Do you have anything to add to that, Mr. Smith? I mean, part of that, to go off of Aaron's comment, really has to do with people like Aaron and the community as well as teachers and people that the kids nowadays have in their lives where they are more open or they have that representation, they see that representation happening. It makes a huge difference, I know for a fact, especially a lot of the stuff that you do here on the campus, Thank even you. just in your classroom. Appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. So this answer, I think you guys just answered it, but like you, you guys consider yourself to be like an ally for like those who are coming out. Like, Absolutely. I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. I, I, I've always stuck up for the little man or the little person or, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. I, I've always found myself as a defender, sticking up for those that are downtrodden and, and harassed. And, uh, you know, just, especially for those that are LGBT, cause I've, I've, I've lived the depression and it sucks, but it's a battle that you can overcome if you have the right support, you know, and it's, it's, it breaks my heart when I have my students, any student, I call them the all mine, when they come up to me and like my family hates the fact that I'm LGBT or they deny the fact that I'm trans. They don't want to call me by my proper pronouns or they mock the way I dress because I dress like a man or I dress like a woman or whatever the case may be because, you know, the whole, the whole spectrum. So it, it just breaks my heart that it's like, that's your flesh and blood. That's your own kid. Why? Why? You know, and it is, and I just wish I could reach out and just adopt you right then and there, you know, and just take you under my wing. But for the meantime, I'll take you here at school, you know, keep you warm, keep you fed, keep you happy. <laughs> Mr. Um, Smith, this is more towards you, because I know your classroom is more like open word than everybody could come to you, whichever issues they're having with. What led you to have that kind of teaching style? Because not a lot of, because even your open hours is whenever your doors are open, when other teachers have specific hours and time ranges. What kind of led you to be in that kind of teaching mindset, I guess? Good question. Um, even through high school, even earlier than that, middle school, maybe a little late elementary, mm -hmm. I was always thinking, like, what would I do if I were the teacher? Because that's the conceited myself somewhat is. Um, what would I have done? What would I do on a daily basis for students like me? Or when I say students like me, I don't even mean just LGBTQ, but I also mean just like, just a kid at that age who's in this area, who's a boy or like anything. Yeah. And so with that moving forward, I really took that to heart and like remembered why I wanted to be a teacher to begin with, which was yes, to teach, of course, but to teach not just a content area, to really teach that self-love, to teach keeping uh, like life, school, work, all of it balanced. Because if you only have one thing tipping the scale, then that's what's going to control everything, control your mental, control what you do physically, obviously, like all of it. So for me, it's making sure that every student realizes that they're not alone. There are other people that have gone through what they're going through, whether it be exactly what you're going through or maybe a smaller piece of it, and that you can make it through. I see that you were active when you said self-love. Self like, what would you have to add to that part? 
Absolutely. You know, it's, it's self-love is so important because you, you really got to appreciate the qualities that you bring to the table, you know, because we're all unique. You know, we share similar characteristics, but we're all unique. You know, like, like I express to my classes all the time that I may be horrible at math, you know, but I'm damn good at a lot of other things, you know, so it's just, we build off of each other's strengths and weaknesses, you know, and we, we come together and we can accomplish anything, you know, we can overcome anything. And self-love is just that piece of it because that's what defeats the depression and the suicidal thoughts and the rage and the anger and feeling like an outcast and feeling not loved and not welcomed. It's that self-love, knowing that I got myself, because at the end of the day, I can only rely on myself. But it's nice to know I have people I can turn to when it's getting too tough. Definitely. At this age, you have so many things that you are not in control of. And so, especially with a lot of the students that we've here, home life is a big part of what's on their mind all the time. And that's the biggest part that they can't control. And so giving them the opportunity to really like have some type of freedom to go through it, figure it out, and be there to help them figure it out is what really drives me. Wow. So what is, like, because, yeah, this question is going to seem weird, you know, after such a heavy thing. What is, like, one misconception that people have about the LGBT plus community? Like, what is something they just assume automatically just because of the name and what the stereotypes of the community is. Do you want to tackle that one first? Um, <laughs> like, if we're thinking full-on stereotype, like, from the G perspective of LGBTQ, it's all about clubbing, it's all about partying, it's all about, you know, yeah. everything that, that entails. Um, and, I mean, I'm kind of living proof of that's not true. Like, I'm a loner. I, I'm a teacher that doesn't do all of that. Like, yeah, I like to go out once in a while. But I don't need to do everything that that again entails. Yeah. Um, it's for me. It's definitely just about being you. If that's you, great. If that's not you, also great. Like it doesn't matter which is you. So. I I think for the trans side, uh, for me specifically, it's uh, really fear and apprehension. You know, people are are afraid of, of what they don't know. They're afraid of, of the unknown. You know, like, why would someone honestly want to change their gender or their sex? What uh, What's possessed them to do that? Um, you know, it, what about their fear of safety? You know, the whole bathroom issue. It's like, frankly, I just need to get in, use the, use the facilities and leave. I ain't there for anything else. You know, so I, I think that it just revolves around that, that fear more than anything else, more than any other stereotype. It's just a fear because I wasn't around someone that was open in being trans. Maybe they were closeted, but that's because of that fear that we have to remain closeted. So I think the biggest stereotype is just that fear. And ironically, once you come and talk to me on a personal level, then some of that fear goes away and you realize that I'm just another human being that likes to crack really bad dad jokes. <laughs> you know, it's just have a good time with life and, and just share my life experiences and answer your random questions. And, and then you, you start to realize there's like, you know what? I, I think I want to take this class because I'm learning a lot more than just sports med or I'm learning a lot more than just, you know, fill in the blank. So I, I think it's just that initial fear, but I, I, I don't know if that's just human nature or that's just targeted us specifically because we're always the scapegoats. You know, it's just, we don't understand you and we don't like you. 
you know, just, just because of the title, you know, but I don't know. I, I think it's just the fear. Um, to, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. You're good. Um, to add on to what Miss Quigley said, I think, I think a lot of people, as far as stereotypes go, I think they, like, as far as, like, being a part of different communities, I think people want to try to differentiate themselves from, like, members of the LGBTQ or differentiate themselves from members of different races when, in reality, they're just humans. And I think they just want to be treated like humans, treated like everybody else, and be accepted for who they really are. And I think it's a really shame that stereotypes have to develop for people who are just trying to, like, live their lives and be true to themselves. Absolutely. Um, Because you guys came out at different times, like, historically and for yourselves personally do you think that society is improving you know the lgbt community like making it safer for them or like do you think they're not making as much improvements like what do you think they need to kind of improve on not improve on i think we've gone leaps and bounds uh if you look at the older movies the 80s i mean even older than that but i mean like so stage 70s was uh, rocky horror picture show Right. That gave us all a very bad reputation, you know, and then the 80s, it was like, for example, Crocodile Dundee, you know, he's in the bar and he's getting hit on. He doesn't realize it. And then he's like, oh, you know, all of a sudden it's a big shock to him uh, that he's being hit on by this uh, transgender woman, you know, and and we move into the 90s and it just becomes this big joke, this running joke, like with uh, Ace Ventura, with, uh, you know, the cop you know, being pet detective, being transgender. And then it's just this running joke with In Living Color, you know, the sitcom that was running, you know. And, and so the dynamic for each uh, decade changed, of course, but we were always the brunt of the jokes. And growing up in that era, I didn't understand all the inner workings of the community and how hurtful that was. Because I grew up and I thought it was funny, it was hilarious. And then as I matured and I got older and I started educating myself on this, because I didn't learn the term trans anything until 2000. So I was, I was 23 years old when I finally learned what that was. And uh, <clears throat> I, I started to learn just how hateful and, and hurtful that was. You know, my first encounter was a she-male, you know, because I was looking for a transmission. And I put in a C6 tranny. And, of course, I didn't know what a pop-up blocker was at the time. And I got all sorts of adult content. And I was like, <laughs> oh, good God. And because I put the keyword tranny in there, I ended up with transgender porn, and it was just like, shemale. Oh. Oh. And so it was like, oh. So then I started learning my definitions and doing more research on it. And then I realized just how offensive it was. It's like, oh, okay, so don't do this. Don't refer to someone this way. Don't do that. And it's like, okay. So I, I think we've come leaps and bounds. And then fast forward to 2012, when we were finally able to marry you know, the LGBT community. And I, I thought that was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Because I honestly thought that was going to get shot down. I, I I was on pins and needles. And when they made the announcement, I, I fell out of the ground. And just, I'm happy because my son, my daughter, is trans. And my, and, and he's still figuring himself out. Um, you know, he's, he's in middle school. He's a sixth grader, so he's still figuring himself out. But he refers to himself in the male context. And my daughter is a um, uh, pansexual. She thought she was bi. And I always thought she was a lesbian from birth. And then uh, she, she finally told me, she goes, oh, I have a boyfriend. And I go, oh, I thought you were a lesbian, honey. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. 
I'm, I'm pansexual. I'm like, oh, even better. You know, and so it's like, okay, so the whole family's just happy-go-lucky, you know, and like, hey, more power to us, man. Rock that rainbow. Um, so, so to answer your question directly, long story short, I think it's gone leaps and bounds, like to the moon and back. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy. And for my children, I'm glad that they came into this era versus what I grew up with. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm very happy for that. Aaron had mentions in 2012, that's when marriage equality was achieved. It was only about 50 years earlier where the first Stonewall riots happened. If you don't know what Stonewall riots are, I would greatly advise you to uh, do a little bit of research on it. But that was the first time where LGBTQ representation really started to make headway. Like, those were the big first riots that happened in the United States that really opened up paths to making marriage equality a thing. So that was only 50 years ago. And to add on to that, they do have role models such as you guys who they feel that support and that willingness. Okay, I have someone to lean on. Maybe I can do this. And just the support then now is just so much more greater than it was. And so I think them knowing that they have that they are willing to feel more open and safe. You'll still hear jokes here and there, but it's nowhere, like even back when I was in high school, nowhere near as what it was. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, to kind of wrap it up, because we are short on time, what is one unique thing about the LGBT community that not a lot of people know, like that you guys know that you feel not a lot of people kind of appreciate? Mm, that's a tough one. Uh, you guys can answer too, by the way. <laughs> that you appreciate it. Yeah, that you think it's undervalued. Just like the endless support that everyone brings to the table. Like, there are, like, no matter where you turn, there's going to be someone there who has your back. And just, like, that feeling of knowing that you're never going to be alone is kind of heartwarming in a way. Like, it feels good. To kind of follow up on that, because you're also bisexual, correct? Oh, pansexual. Pansexual. I apologize. No worries. Um, how how was your like coming out to your family experience? Um, well, if I'm being completely honest, it never officially came out to my family. I never really saw the point in that. My dad, like, gratefully, I'm grateful that he he's open to everything. He's constantly like assured me, like he knows, but I I haven't come out to him officially. Um, cause I don't see the point in it, but I say it's a privilege that he's so open-minded and he's like constantly reassuring and other people just don't get to have that. And I, it makes me sad, but at the same time, I'm grateful. I, I think I want to piggyback off of that because Dia Selena just said the, the, the key word for me, privilege. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, when I was viewed in the world in society as a straight white male, I had all the privilege in the world and I didn't even realize it. And the moment, <laughs> the moment I got to the courthouse, I realized just how much I had lost as soon as I saw the judge raise my hand and, sit and swore that, yeah, this is what I want to do. How much privilege I lost right then and there. And then on a day-to-day -day basis, it's just the four almost five short years of officially being a woman, just how much 
privilege you don't have as a natural woman compared to a white heterosexual male. It is astounding. So I, I would have to say the most underappreciated and underrated thing is your privilege. And then add on top of that, being the most hated group of the LGBT, because we're the most misunderstood and the least represented with sheer numbers, yeah. it, it makes it even harder. So it, it really forces us to come together as, as one unity yeah. for that voice and that, that connection. And to have that privilege, because I need other people to fight for my rights that I lost, that I gave up for a conscious choice to be authentic for myself. Because believe me, and I tell my students all the time, if it was a choice, I would not choose to be trans. That's how powerful privilege is. But my choice was sealed. Either do something about it or die. That's how bad it was. So it's... For those that think it's a choice, it, it's not a choice at all. The choice is to do something or to die. Because you're going to slowly kill yourself if you don't do it. Yeah. A little piece of you will die every day. Well, do you have anything to add, Mr. Smith, to that? I mean, to go along with it, it's the ability to choose your family. Just like was said, like there is a unity even within the LGBT community, there's plenty of toxicity and things like that, just like in all walks of life. But there is a sense of community to the point where if the family that you were born into doesn't accept you, you can choose a family that does. Yes. Well, thank you for listening. This has been our podcast on the LGBT community with Mrs. Quigley and Mrs. Smith. I learned a lot more than I thought I would. And I'm kind of glad that we did this. And, and I really from like a heterosexual view. Yeah, because so like, like weird because you don't know. I, yeah, I don't know like because being as an African American, we have our own struggles. But just seeing you guys' struggles and being you being very openly about it, it's just that I make like here and there jokes with Mr. Smith about it, but I understand like why he kind of like sometimes tells me to stop or if I'm going too far about a line. And I just feel very, in a word, privileged to kind of just have this experience with you guys. And I appreciate y'all very much. Um, do you guys have anything else to add? Thank you for Thank you. willing Thank you to much. help us. Yeah. Thank you for having us as your first ones. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, this is great. You. Thank you.